Hey, Mighty Bosses, welcome. I've got an exciting guest with me here today, Sarah Mamaris. And we are talking about why you should be vulnerable with your finances. Sarah, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. It's so excited. We're going to get into the talking about this very interesting topic, but I wanted to give you a little bit of a uh, backstory about Sarah and how she, um, how she ended up where she's here today. So Sarah is a licensed counselor and has been in private practice since 2009. She's also the founder and CEO of Monaris Collective LLC and the We Spot, which is an online community and the blog focused on connection and personal growth. She's a writer, blogger, counselor, growth advocate, business mentor, speaker, and podcast host. Sarah passionately believes in the healing power of vulnerability. That by leaning to speak up, learning to speak our truth and fully embrace who we are so we can become free. She loves helping women shine the light in the places they hide and learn to walk the full power of all they were created to be. Sarah released her first book, Looking In and Finding Out, late last year, which is her memoir. She has a devastating story that she shares vulnerably in order to help others to learn to own their own story, even the hard and messy parts. Again, Sarah, welcome. Let's get into this topic. I, I, I see this a lot. You're the counselor, so you get to see um, interactions with your clients, just like very much just like I do when I sit down to do a financial plan. And I've, I've sort of accidentally at times crossed the line as to where, you know, conversation from finances and numbers and goals and, and kind of cross over into right, somewhat more of a personal things because it's, it's very intimate when anyone shares, you know, the personal side of finances with you. And so it's hard at times for people. And so I wanted to talk to you about this particular topic because I know there's space for us, for us, for all of us to improve. And this, this idea that connection, right? And especially um, in the world that we live in, being connected with one, one another is very important. But I feel like when you get to the, to the vulnerability piece, right? Um, at times, uh, it could feel that we're actually rather disconnected because we may be ashamed we may be, you know, blaming ourselves, or maybe even too scared to to share with others. So, how how do we move forward? How do we take these first steps? So, I'd like to hear your story because I know you've um, you definitely worked with a lot of folks, and of course, what you've experienced for yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think finances are one of the most intimate things, right, that people can talk about. It's something that people hold very close and sacredly and it's it's very private and so something that i have seen uh through my work with couples therapy is that a lot of times in even in a marriage which is or you know a partnership which is supposed to be the most intimate relationship there is even in that setting finances aren't talked about openly um it's a it's an area that's a big source of conflict for a lot of people. And I do agree with you that a lot of people carry a lot of shame, a lot of blame around, you know, maybe uh, decisions that they've made around their finances in the past, not having as much finances as they want to, um, not, uh, 
you know, not wanting maybe their partner to know purchases they've made or been there before. <laughs> so, <I admit. laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> I know all of us have been there. It's not like it's, a, you know, <laughs> I've never done in the past thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just think that it's an area that is really hard for people to talk about. And it's, I think it's so closely related to I, the culture that we live in and how money so uh, is so equal to success for a lot of people. And they feel like if they don't have money, they're not successful. There's just a lot of feelings that are intertwined with the money. And so I think in a partnership, I see couples a lot where one person handles all the money and the other person mm -hmm. has absolutely no idea what's going on um, or there's constant conflict. And so in a relationship, it can really be a source of power and control. Um, there's, okay. there's just a lot that comes with it. So being able to get to a place where you can be vulnerable about your money is being able to get to a place where you can have productive, helpful, open conversation about your finances. So how about we uh, maybe start with defining what is vulnerability? What does it mean? Yeah, that's a really good question. So vulnerability, I think, really means showing up real, showing up true and authentically without all the barriers and the, you know, the armor and the guards that we put on ourselves to portray ourselves in a certain way or keep ourselves protected. It's really removing all of those and being able to show up genuinely and as you truly are but it doesn't happen it, it, it's not something okay today i'm going to decide that i or I, it probably could right but it's not like okay right this minute i'm gonna you know be as open right and and take all of those guards down and and, and share because I, I think a lot of times just like with with the way that people define success and money being or you know amount of it being the measuring stick um, it's almost like, I feel like this, there's this parallel of, okay, if I'm going to be vulnerable, I'm going to be seen as I'm weak, or I'm going to be, right, I'm going to be judged for uh, showing all my feelings. So like, you know, there's like that layer of um, what our society, right, or how our society defines a lot of it. So is mm -hmm. it true? Is it, is that, or in, and if it's not true, how, how do you just like, how do you get to that point of mm -hmm. being open to be vulnerable? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like in our society, we for a long time have gotten the message, be independent, don't depend on anybody else, you know, be strong, be successful, be all of these things. And I think over time, people are getting tired of that. I think it's exhausting uh, and it's really not connecting. And so mm -hmm. I feel like we're in a place now where people are kind of waking up to the fact that they don't have real, true, authentic connection with other people unless they can be vulnerable. And so there's a lot of, there's a lot of people who 
who are a lot more aware now, the more we talk about it. Brene Brown um, is an amazing person. If you want to learn more about vulnerability, she's, you know, the the forefather or foremother (laughs) (laughs) of vulnerability and vulnerability research. There's just so much more awareness about it, but you're right. It doesn't just happen overnight. We can't just, you know, go from one way to another um, with anything. And so I think that creating an awareness about it is really, really huge, but also understanding that just because you're being vulnerable doesn't mean that everyone gets the right to your vulnerability. So there's still boundaries. There's still um, making sure that you're being vulnerable with people who have earned that vulnerability. And even in couples therapy, one of the things that we often say is when, or what, what I tell my clients is, okay, if you're going to open up and be vulnerable, then the other person has the responsibility to be a safe place for you to be vulnerable. So there's really um, two roles here. It's not just mm-hmm. you being vulnerable, but if you and your your um, partner are coming to the table to have a conversation about finances, the vulnerability is very, very important. And the providing a safe place for your partner to be vulnerable is very important as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it definitely sounds like it's a, it's a team effort, even though it may be you're the one deciding that or you're feeling that that's what's the next logical step. Um, I, you know, it's, it's interesting why it is so hard with, with finances. I, I, you know, from what I understood, you know, in the work that I've done um, and, you know, from even my own personal experience, I've always sort of thought, okay, um, Maybe perhaps um, it was an examples in my life, right? Or as a, as a child growing up, what I saw um, around me uh, that sort of, you know, shaped me to be in this way, right? Maybe not so much open about finances and, you know, it, it could be all seen across all of our areas. And then, so my expectation of my partner might be that, but for example, he is completely opposite, right? He grew up in a household where it talked, they, they discussed finances, they talked about money a lot, they talked about becoming rich. So like it was the thing and um, it wasn't in my, and then so like there's there's definitely still, even for, for Yuri and I, it's, we've been together for 15 years and there's still this kind of a place of learning for both of us, even in terms of how do you have a conversation? Um, so I find that at least that that has been my experience to see like maybe people bring that with them from you know where they come from and how they grew up totally yeah yeah and personally my husband and i um we've been married for 10 years and we also i mean money has been probably one of the biggest hurdles for us in our relationship and i totally agree with you it's has so much to do with the way that you were raised, your money mindset growing up. When I was growing up, I very much was taught that if you want money, then you're greedy. Um, You know, you need to be humble. You shouldn't uh, want for anything really big because that's just prideful. And that was something that I really had to do my personal work in overcoming. And so 
my husband has his own set of issues, right? (laughs) (laughs) Don't we, don't we all? (laughs) We do. So the individual work is really important. I've had to do a lot of individual work. He's had to do a lot of individual work and then coming together and being able to say, okay, here's where I need to grow. Here's where I need to grow. And being able to support each other through that rather than having conflict over it. Yeah. And so how, um, so how do we kind of become, what are the first steps we can start taking in the relationship to start improving, right? This, this, this intimacy part. And so that it seems like it's you, the, the, the work on yourself first, but um, what have you seen in your work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the most important thing is the willingness to come to the table and mm-hmm. be vulnerable about the areas that we need to make changes in. And so again, we as humans like to present ourselves as perfect. And, you know, like we have all the answers, we have it all together, which we all, all know that that is absolutely not the case. It's not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so being able to position yourself to say, I, I do have areas of weakness. Uh, it's not a bad thing to have areas <laughs> where we need to grow. But I think being able to say, I, I want to grow in these areas, there, there does have to, you know, going back to say couples therapy, if I have a couple that comes into my office and they want to do therapy, but they both have really um, deep things going on for themselves individually. I tell them to go do individual counseling and Mm. then come back when they're ready to work together as a couple. So if there's Mm. a lot of really deep individual stuff, um, like not being able to say, I have issues too, but Mm -hmm this person has all the issues, <laughs> uh-huh. you know, pointing the finger, then really there's not a lot of work that can be done couple-wise in that kind of situation. Yeah. And I, I do you find that clients that show up at your doors, because I certainly do not hear this, this word throwing around saying, I'm ready to be vulnerable, right? It's, it, it doesn't come up like that. That's not what they tell you, right? <laughs> when they, mm-hmm. when they're there, there's something, there's something else going on. And uh, you know, at the end, you know, once you uncover everything, it, it leads to um, perhaps, you know, money issues. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it, it certainly doesn't start with that. I don't think it's, uh, it's yeah. the word anyone really widely uses to describe their situation. No. And I think at a deep core level, we crave to be able to be vulnerable with somebody because, and, and that's why I have clients, right? Because yeah, <laughs> at this soul level, we want to be seen, we want to be heard, we want to be known for who we truly are, and not the facade that we're putting onto the world. And so that's why people end up coming in, because they can't carry that weight anymore. Mm -hmm. And they need to have a space where they can be vulnerable. And so a lot of times counseling is a model for a preparation for being able to go out into the world, right? And be vulnerable in everyday life as well. 
So that's a great tool. If mm -hmm. somebody's wanting to learn to be more vulnerable every day, um, I would really say find the support to help you do that. Yeah, I've uh, actually, to give you a little secret in preparation for our talk, I uh, just, you know, Googled around like, okay, what do I ask now? You know, what do I want to know about this topic? And so uh, Brene, you mentioned her name, Brene Brown has a, uh, an awesome TED talk um, mm -hmm. that I think people should check out. You probably know that, uh, yeah. And she did talk about how it took her a whole year of uh, therapy and uh, for herself, I think, to, to come to terms, right, with, yeah. with, with that. So it's interesting. Um, mm -hmm. where, you know, where someone like her, who's uh, put a career to this, uh, also had to do some work. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. So how, are there any examples we can give our, um, our summit listeners today as to like, what do you, what do you do? What do you, how do you start? I know you have to work on yourself, but when you're assessing, you know, where you are, where are some of the steps? Mm -hmm. So, I think it's important when you're preparing to be vulnerable to also think about how you respond to other people's opinions of you, because that is a really big factor in being able to be vulnerable. Because a lot of times we're not vulnerable because we're afraid of how people are going to respond to us, what they're going to think of us, if they're going to judge us, right? And so being able to assess what's really important to me. Um, is it more important to me to be authentically myself or is it more important to me to please other people and kind of live in this space of people pleasing? Because um, that's really closely associated with not being able to be vulnerable. Um, so I would encourage people to take a look at that, how that plays into it for them. Um, what are they afraid of? There's a, a lot of really, uh, good reflections you can do. What, what is it that I'm afraid of? What am I afraid people will say or do? And then I think once there's some awareness created around that, then being able to, you know, just do a little bit at a time. So almost like, you know, an experiment or challenging yourself, you know, what's one way I can be more vulnerable today? Or say my husband comes to me and wants to talk to me and this has happened. So <laughs> wants to talk to me about the checking account because of the way I was raised, my defense, you know, first response, I always say first response is uh, defensiveness. I want to mm -hmm. run away. I don't want to talk to him about it. It's too overwhelming. Um, I want to withdraw or fight one of those, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And so knowing that that's my first response and knowing mm -hmm. that I can have a second response and I can choose to say, okay, I'm going to, to today, I'm going to challenge myself to be vulnerable to push through this and to show up in this way differently than I have in the past. Mm -hmm. So starting to recognize your like kind of automatic responses that you're so, so used to. Something, so as you were describing this, something um, I think connected to dots in my head 
what we usually do and in, in, in the process of when we sit down to create a financial plan for someone, like one of the first steps is, and especially if it's, if it's you know, couples or individuals, is to really understand what their goals are. And it's such an interesting uh, process um, as and when you have you know, a couple, it's such an interesting dynamic as they start to, you start to ask them questions and they start to think about this jointly, right? Is something that we want, right? Of course, each of us have our own aspirations and things that they want, we want to accomplish, but and, and, and it's almost like I'm forcing them to come together like and make a decision, even as, as simple as when do we want to retire, right? Mm -hmm. And so it could be like, I, you know, my, my mom retired when she was in her 70s, my mom retired early, or like something like that, right? Again, these are the experiences that we bring to the discussion, but it's, it's interesting mm -hmm. to see. And I, I love that part quite a bit because we start to dig deeper, right? And so like these yeah. initial jerk kind of responses are like, yeah, maybe put that aside and uh, think it through. So like, totally. I think the goal setting does help um, to uncover some of that. I don't know if you cover this in your therapy, but you probably ask people a question as to like, what do they really want, right? What, what are their goals ultimately? Yeah, yeah. That, that just makes a total shift because really there's, um, different levels of intimacy and shared goals and dreams is one of the deepest levels of intimacy. Um, mm. and, and in order to get to a deeper level of intimacy, you have to have more vulnerability, right? And so mm -hmm. um, those are really correlated with each other. And so to be able to go from me against you to we as a team, it, I mean, changes everything. Yeah, see, I didn't even know that it was the deepest level of intimacy or the <laughs> vulnerability. Wow. Okay, so this is this is really awesome because then I can, you know, I have a I have a better understanding. And and it's it's even like in those meetings um, that for some people is really exciting. For others, it's a little harder. Um, yeah, I can kind of start to see like, wow, all right, we really are scratching deep here. <laughs> mm -hmm. This is not just what's in your checking account, right? Or how is your portfolio balance or why did you spend you know why did you buy this pair of shoes today um i i know i and i've you know even in my personal relationship with yuri it um it took us a while too it it took us a while to talk about for example even joined goals so like really say okay this is this is real now even though we've had you know conversations all throughout so i find that even with uh setting financial goals is different than just setting goals because financial goals have two uh, requirements they got to be specific in terms of dollars like if we are going to buy a car for example what does that cost right like you have to come up with a number or you know the dollars for it and then second one is the date or due date like we, we can't just say we're going to buy a car whenever like maybe next year right and so that makes it a little bit more concrete and i think if it's a couple, right, you kind of start to get involved, invested in this goal, right? Because you can finally see it for yourself. So I've, mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of transformation around that alone too, because then, then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I know what we are doing. Let me go to work, right? Whether it's to work on um, earning money, right? Or spending less, or um, yeah. even just working on yourself, right? What, what you are sharing uh, and then working on us as a, as a team. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I love that. Um, something else maybe I wanted to close with other different, maybe you can help us understand are there different types of, 
uh, vulnerability, I know there's definitely, because it, it's, at least in my mind, it all ties into the emotional side of things. Mm -hmm. are, there, are there other types that people need to be aware of? Yeah, I think there's lots of different theories out there on, on vulnerability. I think uh, financial is definitely one of them. I think one that we really focus on most of the time is the personal vulnerability. Mm -hmm. um, the vulnerability of our story, the vulnerability of where we have truly been and who we are. Um, and I think there are definitely, I'm like, there's, there's a theory out there that says there's four types of vulnerability. And I can't think of the other two off the top. I was looking, yeah, I was looking, well, there's physical, you mentioned oh, like econom economical, social, which is we talked about in emotional. I mean, I only yeah. like right off the bat thought about emotional, like the feelings. Well, mm -hmm. what is physical? What is physical? It, is it is it relates to how we look or how what we like our bodies? That type of physical, physical vulnerability to like physical intimacy with your partner. Ah, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Understood. Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's interesting to start to recognize uh, these areas for sure. So, how um, I know you have a book that just came out. And so maybe you can talk a little bit about, you know, a book and how do people connect with you, Sarah? Yeah, so my book is very vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> if you need a dose of vulnerability, you can check it out. Um, it's called Looking In and Finding Out, like you said earlier. And uh, I wrote the book because I felt caged essentially from my lack of vulnerability. So I, you know, I think a lot of times we do the work we do based on our own pain and what we've been through. And so it was very hard for me for a lot of my life to be vulnerable. And um, so this book was really kind of a, a step for me in putting it all out there because I feel like when we hide in vulnerability, it's inevitable that we hide parts of ourselves and we can't really truly be who we are and live the life we really want to live. And so I believe in what I call shining the light in the dark places, mm -hmm. um, bringing those dark places that keep us hidden and isolated uh, into the light and how much freedom that that brings for us. So that's what the book is about. And uh, I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I definitely hang out there. Um, you can also find me on the Wee Spot. The Wee Spot .com usually has different things that I'm offering, my mastermind, that type of thing. So. I know you have also a podcast. Uh, that yes. I've been listening to. Yeah. What, uh, if, what's the name of the podcast? The We Spot? The We Podcast. The We Podcast. Okay. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, we're going to link all the uh, all of these uh, places for folks to connect with you in the show notes for sure, as well as the book, um, so they can check it out. Um, I, I really, truly love this topic. I know we uh, barely just scratched the surface and you've done life's work on, on all of this. So I'm looking forward to uh, checking out your book and um, for all of you who are still listening to this to this chat, we'd love for you to join us in the next session because we're going to go in a deep dive and really talk about some some of the more practical things and steps share, uh, Sarah is going to share with us as to how do we really get closer to being 
uh, more connected. Like in my mind, the vulnerability equals connection to, right? I, I just wanted to have like another word to describe it. So like closer to that connection, so being more vulnerable. So it's still time for you guys to upgrade, but otherwise, Sarah, thank you so much for, for your time and everyone check out uh, Sarah's book and connect with her on all the social media channels. Thanks so much again. Bye. Thank you.